Hey, how you doing? I'm Les Carlson. This is Frontline Rewind. Mic stand. I'd rather sit. Ooh. Oh, hardy R. <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> and Keith say that. Rogers. Hey. Now, believe it or not, these guys are Our father and son. Father and son. Father and son and father. Oh. And I have Dad a question. Dad and... I have a question. I have a... Oh, boy. When did you first meet? Uh... About 19 years ago. Wow. Or so. Really? And what did you first say to him? I sang Hey Jude. Really? Yes. And I still remember that song. I, I sang to him. First thing I sang was Hey Jude. So here's your son, and yes. you come out with Hey Jude? I, that's yeah, awesome. that's one of the first thing. Yeah, I sang Hey Jude to him. And yeah. I've loved Beatles ever since. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, well, that's you guys kind of resemble each other in your actions and stuff. So, you know, like I said earlier. It, the acorn doesn't fall too pretty, far from the tree. It happens that way. <laughs> now, Keith, you yes. are also, um, you produced this this song. I did. Okay, Which song? And the title of that song was? Gotcha. I, I, just, can't, I, just, can't I just can't let, let go. go. I just couldn't remember that title. But you got it for me. So well, you, you actually, go. I'm good for something. <laughs> the man in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Keith, did you you actually produce this after you discovered it? Where was it? On yes. a cassette tape or something? Yeah, and your exactly. dad's Oh there it is. Oh is this the actual cassette I, that, tape? It was it was in his shirt. It was in the cassette tape. Reenact the scene. Do it. Take hey one. Keith, I have something in my pocket. Show me. What could it be? It is a GLM demo with a song called, I don't know what it's called. Maybe you can help me figure it out. Do you think okay. it, I'm not smart enough. Do you think I'm smart enough to figure out how this song goes since I wrote it 30 years ago? I think if we put our heads together, maybe oh, we can do it. Happen. Wow. <laughs> Nothing happened. Oh, we should try again. Oh. Still nothing happened. <laughs> Maybe I should go off by myself and figure this out. Do you think I'm smart enough to? Yes, I do. I think you're Mike Stan. You can do whatever Ooh. you want. Goodbye. <laughs> wow, so this you is get, actually. Th yeah. This is all uh, spontaneous right here. Yeah. This is just happening. Exactly. Live and direct. Took 19 Did years. the whole Siamese twin thing. <laughs> Took 19 years. <laughs> so. Yes. That's okay, what it was so, on. What's so this you, demo on one so side got, and basics? On we, got, we got uh, drums, bass, and some some okay guitars on there. I mean, obviously the tone wasn't ideal, right, for like a song. So we just took it. Uh -huh. we, uh, I kind of did some things to it to make it sound more, you know, put together, tight, you know, some, Better. some more bass to it. You did? Well, that's all we had. Yeah. Add some more, you know, low frequencies to it. and then. So did you do this in Pro Tools or something? Or? Uh, actually, a program called Reaper. Which what is, is it? Very cool. It's called Reaper. Reaper. Very close to Pro Tools. It's a mix between Logic and Pro Tools. So it's pretty cool. It's it's until I get Pro Tools is what I've been using. So. Okay. Um, so right. we did that. We retracked guitars on it. Um, we with, used original. Yeah, we used it. We had the original guitars on there. Then we layered some some more guitars on there as well. So you worked off the original track yeah. and this, added some things to this it. This is it. This is the we track. Actually, That's all we had. They didn't wow. have the 24. We so had the cassette. So you built off of that. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Really so we added we added um, the original um, GLM guitar to it, Telecaster, okay. yep. with the my Marshall, mm -hmm. and then vocals, and, uh, and then Jeff Crandall came in and did some lower vocals on it. Yeah. Had Jeff do some. And the drums that were on there. That yeah. was on there. That's all you got. Yeah. This is from the cassette. Yeah. That's so we cool. did. And the thing that was kind of crazy is, mm -hmm. like I said, there was no vocals on it. I haven't sang yeah. the song in 30 years. I don't know how it went. We had to figure it out. I had to figure it out. 
So I had the lyrics, I oh, had okay. this, okay. and I had this track, and I had to figure out how this go again. Okay, cool. That's awesome. And, of course, they're gonna do it right now, live and direct. Exactly, directly live. Here we go. Plug it in. One, two, three, go.
Good job, Woo. Mr. Keith. Thank you. I <laughs> just can't let go. From the release of Gut Level Music on Girder Records, available now. All right, this is a song called There Is A Love from the Gut Level Music Project album. My son Keith on Gibson J160. My dad on a guild. Beat up guild. You got the nice guitar. How'd that happen? Here we go. This is There Is A Love. <laughs> One, two, three, again.
there's a love. So, okay. So Hi, Les. Adele. <laughs> Hi, Les. Hi. Hey, I wanted people to be reminded that we record our shows all the time. Yes. And it's really fun because lately we've been able to get together live with artists. With artists. And yeah. it's been great. So we want to, again, remind you. That we actually air some of the clips, video clips on Frontline Records' YouTube channel. Yeah, so it's not just audio anymore. There's some actual video clips that kind of are exciting because you get to see the artists and how we are in real life in our natural habitat behind the microphone. That's right. And most of the time, we videotape and we air clips of the artists playing instruments, singing, guitar, yeah. that kind of thing. A lot of fun. Yeah, we throw that in when we can. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's very exciting. We're happy to do this because there's so much great music that um, needs to be heard. And it's here, right, right here at Frontline Records Rewind. Oh. This is You Are Loved by the Altar Boys. You Are Loved. And this is Keith. And this is Mike. Thank you. Here we go. One, two, ready, go. <laughs>
Oh. <laughs> that was swell. So actually, then, Keith, you were involved in the yeah. remastering process with yeah. the GL. I did all all the uh, I did the the total remaster for it. Um, they sent I had the actual like CD. Uh -huh. I took the you know the the wave files off that and I uh, just put it into uh, Reaper and started going for it and just started uh, you know boosted the low frequencies a little bit, made it a lot louder um, and just brought some more clarity to it and um, yeah it was super fun to work with you know. Like Alter Boys, like that's so cool. And I always tell like, yeah, my dad is in a band in the 80s called the Alter Boys. You ever heard of them, you know? And I get to finally work on, you know, one of the old albums. It was, it was very surreal. So like I said, he'd be mastering in the, in one side of the room and I'd be yeah. on the other side listening to it. It's like, so surreal, there's my son <laughs> mastering my project. So, but we you know, like I said, we couldn't wow. work off the original master. We had to work off the CD. So yeah, that mm -hmm. was- Which is fine. Yeah, yeah just we yeah. had to be master a master sort of. Right, because you don't have the actual masters. Yeah, so you know, yeah. It, made, it made it work. It did a good job. We had, you know, experimented with it. Yeah, it was definitely it was a learning curve, for sure. Yeah, so it was a good experience for him, and to have him do it. I mean, how cool is that? Have your son master one of your projects? That's amazing. That's yeah, fine. very very cool. That's a total blessing. Yeah, and you know, for you listeners, uh, <clears throat> father and sons, fathers and daughters, mothers and sons, mothers and daughters, <laughs> we're also. I mean. It, it's so important these relationships um and as you guys know i lost my son yes. in 2013 and um he was very close to me like like you guys are um he, he had a major record collection and cd collection and the guys in Bloodgood, we'd always come to jeff and say hey jeff what do you think of this new song it's for the next album and he was always like you know i i like it but i i think maybe you know the tone and <laughs> so he's the best, so your best critic. He's talking to Oz Fox and oh, Paul really? Jackson, and they're they're yeah. going to my son. You know, he was our he was the guy that we'd go to and say, "What do you think of this new Bloodgood song?" Oh, wow. And we had to get Jeff's approval. So he's your your oh, best wow. critic. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, nice. And uh, and uh, we have we still have an amazing relationship because he is not dead. He is alive. He's alive. Cool. He's that's with right. Christ. That's right. And that's what this is about. People don't understand. People in the world don't understand that you go from here to there. That's right. You know. Right. And there. From life to depends life. Depends on yeah. And but where you go depends on some decisions, a very important decision. Very you have important to make. decisions you have to make. And and. Um, Exactly. Uh, it's so wonderful to see that you guys have made that decision collectively. Cool. Yes. We're very fortunate. And I'm and very look fortunate. At your lives. Yeah. And it's I, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, very fortunate to have that with, with your son, to be able to have him, you know, be your partner as well in music. And it just kind of happened. It's nothing that we planned, you know, from early on. It's just something we, we just grew into and, mm -hmm. and did. So, uh, this song that's, Coming up right here, it's called GLM, stands for Gut Level Music, and I like it because lyrically, uh, it talks about some different people and like specific things that are going on with them, and I think that it's kind of a cool way to connect with people that might have similar like issues going on, or like even if they're different, it's just like oh wow, you know, like he's talking about me, you know, if they personally connect with it. So, and and it's just a great song, I think. It's just super angsty and cool. So. And it's the title track. It is the title track. It's How about that? Mm. Got level music. Here it is. 
All right. This show is brought to you by Frontline Records. Yes, and all of the music. Yes. By all of the Frontline Records artists. Yes, yes. Can be found on FrontlineRecords.us. FrontlineRecords.us? Yes, 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 Wow. Go for it. Yes. As I was sitting back, sort of listening, uh, I got the impression that you're busy with a lot of different musical projects. Is yeah, that true? Yeah, really? I am. Um, well, let's hear about it. Well, the uh, main project I'm involved with right now is called Good Walkers. It's a duo, me. Uh, I'm the drummer slash songwriter guy. And uh, we got the singer, who's the main visionary of the band. And um, we used to be a full band, but now we're just a duo. And we're just uh, getting songs recorded and uh, just doing different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got 13 songs, drums done. And uh, now we're just slowly building on that, you know, and getting things done and also writing new stuff. So that's the main, most involved project I'm in right now. Are you also producing this? Yeah, yeah. We're, and um, also him and I are, uh, we own a studio together called Hog Heaven Studios, which is kind of cool. And we, uh, we produce and, and other people. Where is it? It's, Let's uh, plug it while we're at it. It's uh, Orange County. Um, okay, we're Tuscan, closer. California. <laughs> Hog Heaven Studios? Hog Heaven Studios. Okay. Um, it's at his house and he's got like uh, this basement where um, he has the main like control room in his room and it's really it's really nice. It's not what you think. It's really nice. And you go to the basement, you got the nice drum room in there, you get the drum set, you get all mic'd up, you can put mm-hmm. a guitar cabinet in there, you know, vocals in there and do FaceTime for like talk back. It's, it's oh, a really cool, cool setup. Um, so we do that there. Um, and then, so yeah, that whole thing is going on and, uh, just him and I like really clicked together and we've done a lot of sessions for other people, like played, um, with a lot of different cool artists, like in Los Angeles and stuff like that. Okay. And once again, what is your partner's name? Trevor Brown. Trevor Brown. Yes. He's Trevor Brown. All right. Very Um, talented man. Oh yeah. Multi-instrumentalist. So it's really cool to work with him and like, it's just so fun bouncing ideas off of him, you know, and, and then he bounces ideas off of me and we just really work together in a really cool way. So yeah, you can expect to hear a lot from Good Walkers coming up and I think May is when we're going to start releasing some stuff. So. Good Walkers. Good Walkers. Yeah. I like it. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Um, and then um, outside of that, I do a lot of other different things. Um, I got my own studio called Project K Studios, also in Orange County, California. And um, I've just been recording a lot of local bands, mostly um, my own bands that I'm in. Um, I, I was in a band called The Asymmetrics uh, during high school, so like, you know, for three years or so. Um, and uh, we did a lot of, that's when I really started getting into engineering and recording was that band. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wanting to release, you know, stuff that we did. And I was like, oh, I should try recording out. So I, I got GarageBand, you know? Yeah. And I started just, you know, picking all these, you know, sound engineers brains that work at you know Calvary Church or whatever and um, just started compiling a bunch of stuff together and figuring it out and um, we eventually got an EP down and I was like oh this is cool like I love recording and engineering and you know putting ideas down on the computer and releasing it and showing everyone so um, I really wanted to make that a a cool thing that I could do Um, and I just kind of felt like I was confident in producing and you know tracking so um, I got some traction Um, I went to OSHA for high school Orange County High School of the Arts in mm-hmm. Santa Ana. And um, there's just a lot of creativity there, like a lot of really cool people and like cool bands, you know? And um, so I just kind of was like, hey, I record at my studio and you want to come by and, you know, subtract some songs? They're like, yeah, sure. So I got a few clients that way, just word of mouth. And um, it was really cool working with a bunch of different people. Every time I do like a session or whatever, I always learn something new. That's one thing. I'm always, something always goes wrong and I'm like, oh, 
I gotta remember that for next time. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they, it goes wrong, so you can get better. Exactly. What you do, right? Of course. Yeah. So then we we learn through mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and your your dad has always been very supportive. Oh yeah, very supportive. I always can bounce ideas off of him whenever I'm like, hey, do you think this sounds cool? Or like, what does this need? It needs something else. He's like, oh, you might want to try this. And I tried. It. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know. And so I really I really look up to his songwriting and um, production value and, and stuff like that. Well, our desks are on the opposite sides of the exactly, studio. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so he's, yeah, while I'm in the studio, I have a desk in one corner, he has the other, so he'd be working on something. And yeah. What do you think of this one, or that, that or what I'm doing here? Or, and I'll ask him over here, well, I'm kind of working on this, what do you think of this? So we'll kind of bounce ideas off yeah. each other. And of course, Keith did Heading Out West. I did, I mixed uh, Heading Out West for Alter Billy's, my dad's rockabilly band. You should look them up. They're yeah, they're cool. famous. They are famous. They are. Literally. That's why, it's a good you might have already that's heard why about them. on the radio. Exactly. I mean, you know, that's why we're doing this, right? <clears throat> exactly, yeah. Okay, well, it looks to me like you guys have really got, I mean, you know, this is a, this is a good thing to see a father and son work this way together. It's fun. Most of the time. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's... Depends what hat I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. you got to have a little bit of... Dad Mike, hat. Dad hat. My dad or my... Dad hat musician. or Mike Stan hat. Is, Mike Stan hat, okay. Dad hat. Oh, so there are some areas there that you're working on? Dad hat. Dad hat. Father, son kind of thing. <laughs> he doesn't like, he doesn't like dad hat. <laughs> so he goes, hey, oh, no. Keith, Keith, I'm putting my dad hat on now. But exactly. I do. Okay. So you tell, he warns me so I can, I can yeah. do what I do <laughs> to, to, to avoid, I don't know. That's a great marketing thing for, you got to sell dad hats and, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah. The yes. mic stand dad hat. Yes. What does it look like? It's got a hammer on it or what? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I a few armaments. It has a lot of things on it. It's got a drill. You really want to know. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm kind of trying to get into this family thing. It's got a hammer. He's got a drill. Oh, but he's fun to work with. Baseball bat. A bat. <laughs> he's got a baseball bat. That's great. And that's helped you shape you and mold you and beat oh, you yeah. oh, into yeah. shape. Beat me in shape. Only only when you're six or yeah, seven. Don't, don't don't say that on radio. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, only when you were six, but well, apparently beat it's, it's past seven years. We can't. Get yeah, that yeah no. Sorry, I didn't mean that way. Yeah, you could take sorry. me down, kind of. Yeah, so right. don't worry about Good. it. Keith, you're yeah. awesome. Oh, thank you. You're really talented. That. You sound great. Your vote. Your vocal is strong and beautiful. Thank you. Uh, the the tone that you guys have. I mean, it could have been the Bee Gees. But it didn't sound like it, but you got that blend, you know? Well, we, we also played in a little rockabilly group together, too. We do. It's just a small one, a small group. Well, we play that every three or four months. It's called the uh, Rockabilly Roundup Quartet. And, and so we play with a couple guys here at church, and he'll play drums, and we'll go, yeah. we'll do some things here, and just to kind of keep, keep in touch and play mm -hmm. together like that. So. so, what kind of a drum kit do you have? Ooh. Ooh. This is the good part. Come on. <laughs> I, I love drums, first of all, and I've played a lot of kits in my life, but uh, there's this local custom kit builder. His name's Billy Blast, and he's based in Orange County, California, like uh -huh. right down the street from me. Yeah. And he makes killer kits. I, I ordered some big sizes from him, too, and he... he what are they called? Uh, it's just Billy Blast Custom Drums USA. You can look them up. And uh, I, I, love, I love the sound he got um, with the, the shells he gave me. And the finish is killer, too. It looks a lot like Ringo's kit oh. from the Beatles. The first one, the uh, Black Oyster Pearl type thing. Yeah. So it's really nice. Hey, um, Beatle. Hey, Beatle. So this song is called I Question It, and I really like it. Um, I mean, the lyrics are obviously great. This whole, this whole record has great lyrics. Um, and uh, this one, I just like how, I don't know, 
your vocals, Dad, were just super cool on this one. You're just like, I question it. And I was like, yeah, I was screaming. Nice. So I just that uh, just stood out to me because it was just, again like super angsty and just like, oh, he does question it, doesn't he? I did very much. I still do. <laughs> yeah. Not much has changed. It's a little more ornery about it now. Of course, <laughs> but I just yeah, and I like the idea of like, oh, you say this is going on. Oh, I don't know about that. You know, like I question that. That seems really weird. So I like the lyrics. I like the the oomph in it. So check it out. I question it. I do. big wave just like happening yeah just right around i mean the, the kind of music that you guys were doing there was this whole little subculture of, it really really was yeah you know i began in 81 with 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 a band called the chosen ones and then the cover and the lifesavers and then the lifters and then um we came in along about uh, a little under a year later but yeah it was a whole thing and you know back then you could you could just advertise with a flyer that you were gonna have a concert in, kids, yeah, concert, church, yeah. yeah. 
heck yeah, let's go. Yeah. I mean, you, it was no problem getting two or 300 kids out there for, for an event. There mm-hmm. was a great energy. You played high schools. You know, um, just, just different. Yeah. You know, a different, different, different time. Uh, our culture was in a different place. Kids were in a different place, different needs. Oh, well, always the same need, I guess. It's mm-hmm. just maybe different medium or something like that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's just how it worked back then. Yeah. You know? But again, here you are, back. Well, I'm you still know, playing. I mean, but I mean, that, that the uh, GLM thing, you know, gut level music. I mean, it's like it's going to be re-released. Yes. And it's back and there's a, a buzz about it. And, there is a buzz about and, it. And, you know, I mean, so look at this. Well, and it's nice, too, is, you know, it's nothing I had to, to, to create. And that's always nice, too. I didn't say, hey, you know, yeah. it just kind of it happened. And that's the best way for mm-hmm. it to just to kind of, you know, happen on its own for people. I, I'll be honest with you. When I was done, done, I hate to say it word. When, when the group was over, we'd finished our ministry in 92. Mm-hmm. I really felt, okay, did that. Time to move on, clash of symbols. You know, no one's going to really um, remember that. That's kind of over. You know, and new bands came in, and I, you know, we're kind of passe. And I never forget my, my oldest brother. I was talking to him about it. Um, he he turned to me and said, "Oh, they're they're gonna remember." I said, "Not gonna remember. No one's gonna care." <laughs> in a couple of years. I mean, you know, it, it's done. They got all these new bands coming up, mm-hmm. and so they're gonna remember. Mm-hmm. And even earlier on at NMRC um, with Bill Anzuela, who was down there, he in about when we started getting traction about '83. He, I was sitting talking with him. He goes, you know, Mike, you know they're going to be talking about you guys and all the bands here years to come. I go, oh, they're not. Come on. <laughs> no, they will. This uh, is this very special time. And um, mm-hmm. God has um, called you guys. It's, it's very unique, Mike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you would have told me 30 years later this was going to happen, I said, no way. Mm-hmm. With G- I mean, we knew GLM was a, a, a good record when we were done. Um, in fact, I, uh, a good, our road manager at the time, John Stoddard, um, was down listening to the final cuts with, with Terry and, and Rob and everybody, and we were done. And I remember turning him to saying, you know, this, this is a good one. And he said, yeah, this is a good one. But I didn't think 30 years later people would care, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Didn't think it was, you know. So, yeah, I mean, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Longevity. Didn't even, try, didn't even try for it. No, Living no, in the moment. I didn't you know, Doing what it. you did, living no, you in the moment. Do, you do what you did. And 30 years down the road, it's... I mean, the Dirk, it was done so quick. 160 hours. Yeah. That's it. Mixing everything. We didn't have time to mess around. We had to get yeah. in and do it. Well, back in those days, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's not as fast as the Beatles right. doing their first one, but for us, for multi-tracking, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a lot of time, so we had to be re- well-rehearsed. And what was the studio originally from? <clears throat> uh, we used to call it the Music Barrel. <laughs> and was, the, who was the engineer? Was, well, was uh, Doug, 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 Doug Doyle. That's terrible. He did our first album, you know. Yeah, Doug, I know you guys did yeah, it down there. Yeah, yeah Good album down there. Yeah. So that's probably the same studio. Yeah, but it's not the Music Barrel. How come I can't remember it? We, that's Whitefield? what Terry used to call it. What? Whitefield? No, it wasn't Whitefield. We did Rebel, When You're Rebel at Whitefield, in uh, part of the first record. I'll, I'll know when we're done here. So yeah. Doug, Doug engineered and Rob Watson did a lot of engineering and a lot of the uh, mixing on it. Yeah. And Terry did a lot of mix. They, their input was really valuable. I mean, but like yeah. I said, everything was Terry pretty Taylor's much done. Terry Taylor's a genius. Yeah, yeah Terry Taylor. It, it was nice having both those guys yeah. too. So they, 
they help particularly, Turbo is real good with vocals. Uh-huh. We're helping with vocals, just making sure my nuances and everything mm-hmm. like that were correct. So, but we had a lot of interesting things that happened like during the session, during, when, during GLM, um, we were tracking and Jeff, we, we took about two or three days to track everything. And on the, on the second day, we, we tracked everything except for two songs. And then the third day, Jeff calls in the morning, says, uh, I have a piece of glass in my, my finger. Oh. I have to go to the doctor. And then he walks in the studio with this big old arm all wrapped up. And so we, <laughs> we could, oh, I just looked at him like, what? A little piece of glass from doing the dishes? So we didn't get all the, the drums tracked. We Wimp. Yeah, what's the matter with you? Let's see if we got a record to do, Jeff. Tie a drumstick to that cast. Yeah, do something. So he just, you know, we, yeah. so we, okay, well. I'll, so we went ahead and just kind of overdid some overdubs. And then about a week, we, I think we had to do Life Begins at the Cross and Final Hour or something like that. We had to finish those two tracks. So we wanted to have him do that a week later, track those yeah. later. Which is, you know, back in those days, you'd have the drums set up for those sounds. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So I had to go re, re, you know, really? tear them oh, down. And re, yeah, yeah. To re, yeah, get it up all again and, and uh, get it all set up again. Well, there was people constantly going out of... Uh, yeah. But usually... Whatever that studio usually, name is that I can't remember. Usually... <laughs> the music barrel. <laughs> yeah, the music barrel. Yeah, usually you don't have to, you know, take the drums down in the middle of a session, put them back up and get the sounds again. That's a little... I think we had to do tricky. that. Yeah, that was tricky. I think. Maybe we left them set up. I don't remember. Yeah. That's 30 years ago. You're not... I'm lucky to be you're here. You're not expected. To, I'm lucky to be here. You don't have to have every detail, Mike. You, you know, know what I'm Beethoven saying? died at 57. We're still oh around, you know? This is the very first song I wrote for GLM. Of course, it was, we didn't have GLM at the time. Um, this is back in 1983. This is a song called You Found Me. This is the original lyrics. Right there. And what I wanted to do originally as I, I sat down, I said, I want to write a song um, in the style of U2. Me too? No, U2 the band. Oh, U2. U2. And so I, I, I literally took 20 minutes to write the lyrics. You can see a few things scratched out, but I not see. much. This is the original lyric right here. And it took me 20 minutes. Now, I don't get this lucky very That's often. That's pretty quick. Yeah. For a guy that moves slow. Very slow. Not methodical. Well, I was younger than I. You moved a little faster. But not by much. But faster than now. <laughs> faster than now. Well, this particular <laughs> one. So uh, You Found Me was written in 83. I took it to the guys. And I said, this is my U2 song. And they said, this doesn't sound like U2. Uh, well, I intended it. It will. will. <laughs> it will. When I get done with it. I'm, I'm just being slow right now. <laughs> I'm just being slow. <laughs> so that was the first song written for, and we put it on the, on the first record, Alter Boys 1, and we weren't too happy with the way it was done. And it, we just felt it was a little slow, and there was a keyboard thing on it in the intro, and we thought, well, this, this deserves a little bit better. Uh-huh. And we had gotten a good reaction to the song. And I, I consider You Found Me like my first really good song, decent song mm-hmm. that I did. I mean, not discounting any of the other ones, I'm Into God or Well Okay or All Right or but any of those. this is your ones. right as the guy that, you know. Well, this, this is, is my this first. Is I, didn't realize that this, this, I didn't realize it at the, at the time how, how important the song was to people. Mm-hmm. But it's probably, and I might be wrong, but I think it's probably the most important song I've written because it's so personal. 
And I originally didn't think I'd written about me, but years later I re- realized it really is more about me than I than I intended it to be. I, I didn't at the time. I just thought some character going through this, you know, of, of needing God, of needing salvation, mm-hmm. finding he was lost, and then finding God. So it just definitely had a storyline. Started out, you know, him being totally lost, you know, and then finding God and what it took from there. And then, like, like I said, years later, I looked at this, what is this about me? I didn't know that. Yeah. It really is about me, you know? So yeah. that's a little story behind um, You Found Me. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. You found me.
Okay, Hi, Adele again. Hey, Les. Here's something yeah. new that we're doing with our Frontline Records Rewind shows. What is it? We are putting together playlists on Spotify of the music that we feature on the Rewind episodes. Oh, cool. Yes. That's so great. People, a lot of people are into Spotify. Yeah. And so they can go to their, to the Frontline Records Spotify playlists and find our music with our featured artists. So remember. Frontline Records. You can't forget. You've got a better memory than that. It's Spotify. That's right. It's Frontline Records Rewind. One thing about, the, we didn't talk about the longevity. One aspect of the longevity of GLM, and I just thought about this. And John, it talks about Jesus coming in grace mm-hmm. and truth. A lot of people miss the truth grace part. Grace and truth. You know, we talk about, well, if God loves me, he wouldn't do that. If God, you know, why would God want us to, why would God want this to happen? Why would God send anybody healed? But they miss, you know, he's full of grace, right? Yeah. But they miss the truth mm-hmm. part. Okay, they missed the truth part. And that's what I think GLM has on both extremes. It has the, the, the grace, you are loved, unconditional love, there is a love. That's on the one extreme. On the other extreme, you have songs like, I'm not talking about religion. And I question, they kind of, that kind of punch you right in the mm-hmm. face. Okay, very, very, some people might say, some, some say dogmatic. And then you have songs like, Final hour, which really has both of them. It kind of punches you, but it's the love in Jesus that made him want to go to the cross and sweat yeah. sweat great drops of love, blood. So, besides, I think and the, the, the music really um, uh, touched people, made, it, it connected with people. Uh-huh. You know, and, and you know, you that's something you can't you can't manufacture. You know what I mean? Uh, how many great songs that come come along? You think that's a great song? And it just didn't take off for a great album. For whatever reason, um, the G- music in GLM um, really resonated with a lot of kids and a lot of people really connected with them. But I think, too, on, on an even deeper basis, it's the idea it's got, it's really incorporated and really embraced the aspect of Jesus' truth and, and, and the grace. Mm-hmm. Now, a song like I'm Not Talking About Religion is is very very dogmatic hey i i'm not here talking about on this particular song about what you think about science what has to say science is important politics is important the way you look and, and dress is important but I, i'm not talking about this right here i'm talking about and I'm, I'm talking about your relationship with god i'm talking about what's going to happen to you in life i'm talking about religion i know people would want to categorize christianity as a religion, I say all religions are not created equal. Um, but the big difference is, as you and I know less, Christianity is God reaching down mm-hmm. to mankind and doing that through showing um, the love of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice yeah. on the cross and redeeming us. And that's what this song talks about. I'm not talking about religion. you trying to reach up to God yeah. or in a way that you do it. You know, mm-hmm. science can be a religion. Environmentalism can be a religion. You know, there's so many different people wouldn't categorize as religions, but your belief system is basically a religion in a lot of ways. But the difference is, and this is the difference, is that Christianity is God reaching down to man. God literally coming on earth and walking as a human being and make a mistake about it. Jesus said, I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah, you I'm have the seen me. Those who see me have seen the Father, which is heaven. Yeah. I and the Father are one. You know, that's why the, the Jews want to stone him, make himself equivalent with God. You know, and it's up to you whether, you know, we want to decide 
whether that's that's true or not. So that's what this song's about. You know, saying, "Hey, I'm not I'm not talking about some religion. I um I'm talking about something that is, that's that has changed the world. Um, the, the the truth of Christ is something that the message of Christ is something that's never been heard before. It was so revolutionary, and it still continues today. And it continues to be, for lack of a better term, controversial today because the words are just so intense. Mm-hmm. So, this is the song. I'm not talking about religion. Not said in a nutshell, but said from the heart of Mike Stand.
All right, well, this has been a wonderful journey, and uh, but it's it's not over yet. It's not over yet. This no. is the end of part one. Part one. And I'm Les Carlson. This is Mike Stand. I'm going to sit, though, this time. You're going to sit and enjoy. Just don't say Mike Bark. Rough. Just don't say it. I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs>